Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Two former Denver Broncos are going elsewhere as they move on to greener pastures, and the Broncos they'll meet with several offensive tackles to find a replacement. For Juwan James, we sit down with Locked On Tar Heels host Candace Cooper to discuss Broncos running back Javante Williams on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Subscribe to the Lockdown Broncos YouTube page for the video podcasts that are coming your way beginning next week. And also make sure you're following and subscribing to your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our good friends over there at Odyssey. And we know that there's been some issues, ladies and gentlemen. Not everybody's been receiving new updates on Apple Podcasts. There's some issue that Apple is tending to. Apparently, they have made a new update to where if you have a podcast that you want to charge people for, they're going to focus on you and thousands of podcasts all across the world are experiencing issues where their newly published episodes are not appearing. In the meantime, I really encourage you to go to Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or Spotify to listen to the show every single day until Apple decides to pull their head out and get things fixed. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. But as I said at the start of the show, Broncos country, a couple of former Denver Broncos players, they're moving on to greener pastures as they look to find a new start in their career. One young player and one player who's been a veteran and was a key contributor. But the Broncos more likely going to look at one key player first that's departed, and that's Will Parks. He is now a Kansas City Chief. He signed a one-year deal with them yesterday, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So now he's going to a safety room that has Tyrell Matthew and Juan Thornhill. Not quite sure just yet what his role will be for the Kansas City Chiefs, but obviously this will be a topic of discussion this upcoming season when we have crossover episodes with Locked On Chiefs. But for Will Parks, he leaves Denver. He goes to Kansas City. Earlier this offseason, he gauged some interest from the Detroit Lions, but then they soon signed a safety afterwards. So we were wondering, and I was actually having a conversation. I don't know where Will Parks was going to end. Up, I had no idea it would have been in Kansas City. There was no vibe on that, but now Will Parks is getting an opportunity in KC on a one-year deal, and I'm not quite sure how he'll fit into that rotation there, but I imagine that Steve Spagnuolo will find a way to implement him and has had a lot of opportunities when the Broncos have played the Chiefs in the past to be able to watch him, and so they've got a little bit of familiarity with what Will Parks could bring to the table. He's a high-energy guy. The Chiefs are getting a really good player. I know Broncos fans are bummed out that a fan favorite in Philly, Will, is going to a division rival. But best of luck to Will Parks in his future endeavors as he's now a Kansas City Chief. And I think Broncos fans will root for him except for two times per season. And one former Denver Bronco as well, Joe Jones. He was a key special teams player for the Broncos for the last couple of seasons. He is now headed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. And a good move for him is he puts himself into a position at this point of his career, maybe to contend for a championship, maybe to get a championship ring. And for the Broncos, it creates more opportunities for some of these younger guys, specifically at the linebacker and the safety position, to maybe step up and become the next special teams gem special teams ace player for the organization. It could be Josh Watson, who last year on special teams really flashed and had a lot of success. He was a fun player to watch. He had a couple of amazing hits against the Las Vegas Raiders. He was one of those guys that stood out, and he could work his way into the linebacker rotation for the Broncos 
on the defensive side of the ball this upcoming season, but it's going to be tough considering the Broncos' depth there with Justin Sternad returning and obviously Baron Browning being a draft selection for the organization, but it creates the opportunity for more competition at training camp, and the best way to make a roster or to stay on a roster is to be a key special teams guy, a guy who can contribute, and we'll see if Josh Watson could do that and various other Broncos linebackers, safeties, and some undrafted rookie free agents that we'll actually focus on on tomorrow's episode of the show, an in-depth look at the Broncos' undrafted rookie free agent class of 2021. But these former Broncos are now going elsewhere. And now the Broncos are also expected to take a look at some free agent offensive tackles after Juwan James suffered a seasoning injury. We broke it down on yesterday's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We talked about the team's overall depth there with Quinn Bailey, Calvin Anderson right now being the expected favorite to start an undrafted rookie free agent that the Broncos have that six foot nine, 300 pounds. But the Broncos will look at the veteran free agency market right here for depth, and they will be meeting with veteran offensive tackle Dennis Kelly and Bobby Massey. Dennis Kelly started in 16 games last season for the Tennessee Titans at right tackle. That's obviously an impressive feat, being able to start there and not miss a game. And that was a Tennessee Titans offense that had a lot of success running the ball with Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, in their past game, it was a lot of ups and downs. There was some inconsistencies, but not a lot of that is predicated off of Dennis Kelly. It's just to the limitations of what the offense was able to go through. Dennis Kelly would be a solidified veteran option who would have enough time if the Broncos were to sign him to come in, learn a little bit of the playbook, be there for OTAs, minicamp, carry that over into training camp, and he'll have an advantage there. Obviously, the competition will be open at right tackle between Calvin Anderson and whoever the Broncos decide to bring in and officially sign. So Dennis Kelly is an option for the team. Also, former Chicago Bears starter Bobby Massey, who's been in the NFL for quite some time. He'll have an opportunity to come in, meet with the Broncos, and they'll determine whether or not they want to sign him. He's a six foot six offensive tackle listed at 315 pounds, and he started in eight games for the Chicago Bears last season, but he dealt with an injury. So I think for George Payton, I think for the Broncos, They want to bring in a player that is not coming off of an injury, and Dennis Kelly probably makes the most sense in that regard. Dever could look at DeMar Dotson because of the familiarity within the offensive system already, though would he be the starter for the Broncos in a competition with Calvin Anderson? I think Calvin Anderson wins that job. I think he wins that opportunity to do that right there. So I I don't know where the Broncos are going, but this is going to be a test for the organization. We'll obviously break down more when a signing becomes official when the Broncos do bring in another tackle. We'll break it down here. Lockdown Broncos. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our conversation with Lockdown Tar Heels host Candace Cooper to discuss the Broncos edition of running back Javante Williams out of North Carolina. She's going to give some insights to what type of player that he is and also how his game will transition into the NFL. Plus, some Broncos fans also asked her some questions. She'll answer them here on Lockdown Broncos. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Nugenics. And Broncos fans, listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231 231. And this unique man boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases your energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text right now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help get you back into shape absolutely free. Text draft to 231 231. That's draft to 231 231. Message and data rates apply. 
And now joining me to talk about the Broncos newest edition at running back Javante Williams. It is Candace Cooper, host of the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find Candace on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper. Candace, you know, the Broncos, they uh, made an interesting selection, and there were a lot of people that weren't happy that Denver traded up for a running back. But tell you what, the running back that they got, he's a stud. You know him. Well, you know, what are your thoughts initially on Javante Williams and his career at UNC? And obviously now he enters the NFL. Yeah, listen, I think anybody who traded up to get Javante Williams, knowing that he was still on the board, did themselves an absolute favor. I, Everyone was talking about that he might sneak into the first, but more than likely he was an early second round pick. And I think the Broncos really trying to figure out where they are as an offense definitely got someone who will make big plays on Sunday. Javante is a guy who is super explosive, but he's very quiet and humble about it, right? Like he's not going to be the flashy, like over the top running back who does too much like he's literally going to go out and do his job and go back you know to whatever he has to do so I think if you're looking about building a program and it seems like a system that's they just want hard working you know hard grinding you know players come in do your job go about your business that's Javante when I was actually just going to ask you what type of player is he and you just described it perfectly and Denver's looking for that because they do need to find a way to run the ball more effectively this upcoming season. Melvin Gordon was the workhorse last year, but they really couldn't get any solidarity with the Broncos' second running back with Phillip Lindsay. They made the decision to part ways, and now Javante Williams, he's going to come in. He's going to be a favorite to be that number two guy, and there's a chance he can maybe work his way up to being the starter after 2021. Stranger things have happened. It could even happen in 2021. We we don't know yet, but I, I wanted to reflect on his career at UNC. Now, last year, he scored 19 touchdowns on the ground. On tape, he demonstrates both power and explosiveness. How do you think that his game will translate to how the NFL is played today? No doubt. So I think he's really great at cleaning stuff up. We, I always say hashtag feed Javante because when in doubt, when the plays are not working, somebody give Javante the ball and at least, you know, we'll pick up seven to eight and keep a play alive or at best, right, get a touchdown. Javante is someone who, you know, it's explosive. He makes guys miss. I think in the NFL, obviously, it's not going to be as easy to, and guys are going to wrap up a little bit better at the pro level, but he certainly is going to be a game changer. And I think that's something that the NFL is definitely looking for. Can you be effective down in? in and down out like can you make sure every time you get on that field you make a play worthy of us ESPN highlight reel and I think that's what Javante will do I, we all saw with the Miami game how he was just literally embarrassing guys left and right I think that's just something that the Broncos need right like they haven't really been that explosive team that we're used to seeing or the ones that are even in top conversations I mean they have a really great tight end I can't call his name right now but is it Noah Albert Okuway but oh there it is there it is (laughs) (laughs) he has they'll open things up for him (laughs) definitely and I think the offense you know I got my guy Drew with his dance moves Javante's not really a dancer but I certainly think the energy will be able to bounce off nicely so he'll be like the nice calm to everybody's storm and at the end of the day get the plays that they need well, you know, last year, too, the Broncos really struggled in situations where there were, you know, third and one, second and one. They couldn't even pick up one yard. And I just watching tape, I feel like Williams will get that. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and he runs with authority. I mean, 7.6 yards per carry, 19 overall touchdowns on the ground. I mean, he is a dynamic player. And also, you factor in Carter as the other running back. They were one of the most dynamic rushing duos in the NCAA level last year. Now, uh, you know, we could talk about what he's really good at, but I think what Broncos fans want to know, and maybe some of the concerns that they have, 
Travis not knowing. What areas of his game do you believe that he can improve on as he establishes himself in the National Football League? Yeah, he's still learning how to be a receiver a little bit, right? He's still learning how to not have hands of stone and make sure he gets those catches when it's really, you know, down in clutch. We had a great FSU Carolina matchup and he came down to a play where he just dropped the ball, right? And that you can't really you know, make that up from, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just a tough play. No, he just dropped it, <laughs> right? So I think he's still working on his catches. I think blocking is something that he can be taught because he got literally almost a, a targeting call for taking out one of the defender, yeah, one of the defenders um, running a play back in the 2020 season. So he definitely has the power and strength to block correctly. He's kind of giving me that Mark Ingram vibe where he can definitely give the quarterback some time. He's just got to learn a little bit better technique with it. Well, that's going to be something I think that Curtis Modkins will work on. Obviously, Modkins was at his pro day, was able to see him up close and personal and identified enough traits for the Broncos to check every box for him. But uh, some experts, they proclaimed leading up to the NFL draft that he was arguably the best running back in the draft class. You touched on a little bit a moment ago in comparison to a player like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. What do you think that he does differently than those two guys that went ahead of him? Well, I mean, I think when you just look at him, right, he's short, stacked, and low to the ground, and that's exactly what, you know, you want a running back as you write it on paper to be. So he's super explosive, and again, he embarrasses guys. I think it's more so, you know, I'm just going to be funny here. I think it's just you break people mentally, right? You you think guys are going to – you get frustrated when you're not able to take a guy down, and I think that is something that Javante does consistently. And so I'm hoping that, you know, he carries that with him in Denver because ultimately that's just, you know, what you want out of a player. You know, you always take note of the guys that went ahead of you. But the final story I have for you here today, I was reading something because it got circulated after the Broncos drafted him in high school and even in college. He was so focused on making sure that he was in class and that his academics were up to date. He was valedictorian, 4.6 GPA. And there was a time where his high school coaches worried if the team was prepared. And then his coach said, Pookie's locked in. We're ready. We're good to go. (laughs) Uh, So they had trust in that. What do you hope to see from Williams, both personally and professionally, as he begins his career in the NFL with the Denver Broncos? Yeah, no doubt. I think that, honestly, just stay true to who you are. You look at guys like Devin White, who love riding horses, and that's their downtime. And I think Javante's just a nice, slow country kind of guy, and I'm sure they'll find plenty of horses that he likes. He likes riding horses as well. He'll find that out there in Denver. But I think it's just about being who you are and that's something Javante's always been if you listen to any any interview he could care less whether they win or lose did he do his job right like he just wants to help the team win he just wants to make sure that they get to the next level and achieve all goals possible and when you talk about just his you know uh, trajectory he started out as someone who wasn't really kind of on the scene and then he started to learn from Michael Carter he credits a lot of that you know his season last year to Michael Carter and just having that running back room really motivate him and feed into him. And then, of course, you know, a lot of people talk about the 2020 season being crazy, but for Javante Williams, you wouldn't have heard his name really as much had all things been normal, if that makes sense. I think he's someone that really jumped on the scene, and he even considered staying. The fact that he was one of the last guys um, to opt out of our bowl game, right? He was considering, you know, he wants to do well for the team. And everyone's like, if you don't just go make your money, <laughs> right? If you don't go collect that check, that million, multi-million dollar contract that's waiting for you. So I think that just speaks to who his character is. He is a team guy first. He just wants to win. And ultimately, <laughs> hell, that's what you want out of a player. It absolutely is. And I think the Broncos, they, they did their research on him. They felt like he checked enough boxes and they're going to come into the season. He's going to have a real opportunity to contribute right away. So Candace, 
Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me and share your insight on Javante Williams. I know Broncos country is super excited about the pick. And Broncos country, if you want to listen to more, if you're a North Carolina Tar Heels fan, Candace Cooper is the best in the business when it comes down to breaking down what's going on at UNC. And make sure you guys can check her out at the Locked on Tar Heels podcast and also follow her on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper. Candace, thank you so much. No problem. Always great insight from Candice. We really appreciate her for sharing her thoughts on Javante Williams. That's going to be the hashtag in Broncos country. Hashtag feed Javante. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to take a look at the Broncos offense from 2020 from a standpoint of the rushing offense and where it can get better, how it can get better, and in comparison of some plug-and-play numbers of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and a look at the position in and of itself. But before we do that, i got to tell you about the two other sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's a good friends of their BetOnline and RockAuto.com. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. With baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at BetOnline. And you get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And our good friends over there, rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now on impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why should you have to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And the RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere when you can go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And as we get into the fourth quarter of today's episode of the show, I just wanted to point out real quick, there's some listeners of the show that have expressed in Apple reviews, they've given me one star because they don't like that we have ads here on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how us podcasters get paid, is by advertisements. You know, you all download the show, and I'm so grateful that you tune in, that you listen to the show, but that's how we get paid. And, you know, I understand the frustration of sometimes you don't want to listen to ads. Well, there is a fast-forward button. It's like plus 30 seconds. You can skip ahead. That's all you got to do. So I understand the frustration, but please understand where we're coming from when we have advertisements here on the show. But with that said, let's continue on in our discussion on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Taking a look back at the 2020 season for the Broncos, Broncos offense, we know in almost every major statistical category, Denver was bottom ranked on the offensive side of the ball, and that was an evident issue of concern. It's something that they have to improve on this upcoming season. If they want to have a chance to compete, to win more games, to maybe even get a chance to go to the playoffs, and, and who knows what the quarterback situation will look like at that point in time come week one. But let's go through the Broncos offense. We just got done talking with Candace Cooper of Locked On Tarios to talk about Javante Williams. But Denver's net yards per game last season, 335 total yards per game. Good for 23rd in the National Football League. 
that is not very good when you look at the modern offense to spread them out the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, teams that are averaging, even the Los Angeles Chargers that are averaging over 400 yards of offense per game. Denver at 335, that's not a good parity when you look at the rest of the top half of the NFL. I mean, the, the difference is astronomical. Even if you're at 385 yards of offense per game, that is a good place to be. Denver's not anywhere closer. They're more closer to having 290 total yards offense than they are to 400. So that was an issue. One other area of concern for the Broncos in terms of yards per play, they averaged 5.2 yards per play, which was good for 25th in the NFL. Denver had a rough tendency on first down to go backwards. That puts them in a second and long situation where more than likely you have to throw the football. And then if it's incomplete, well, it's third and long. And, and that's not a good formula and that's where Pat Shermer's offense had struggled last season. If Denver could find a way, and I said it after the Broncos drafted Javante Williams, if Denver could find a way to run the ball more effectively, it'll take the pressure off the quarterback, it'll take the pressure off the defense, but you have to be able to do that because when you run the football effectively, you can control the time of possession where Denver, they average 28 minutes of possession every single game. So when you factor in a 60-minute football game, they get just a, a little under a half of a game where they control the, the possession there. That, that's not good. 21st isn't the bottom ranked, but it's in that middle of the pack, not where you want to be. The Broncos turnover margin, they turn the football over more than they had takeaways. Bottom ranked in the NFL in that regard there. Points per game, 20.2, good for 28th in the NFL we saw that Denver had those issues running the ball on second and one, sec, you know, third and one, second and short. I mean, Denver put themselves in situations where if they had a short yardage situation, they tried to run it, they would lose yards. So not sure if that's just a, a running back vision area of concern that they had, a great execution by the defense, poor blocking at times, or missed assignments by the offensive line. It's a combination of all of those things. But that simply cannot fly this upcoming season if Denver is going to be a competitive offense in a division that has Patrick Mahomes and even the Justin Herbert-led Chargers now entering his second season, Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders, they will still find a way to put up yards and points. Denver has to be able to match that. And Denver's got the defense, I think, to limit those teams and their opportunities, but you have to capitalize when they do. When the defense gets a stop and forces a punt or generates a takeaway, you have to convert that into points. Denver, the rushing attack last year was probably their best element of the offense, and it wasn't good. 119.9 yards per game rushing, 13th in the NFL, 215 total yards passing per game, 26th in the NFL. So when you're trailing in a game, you can't really run the football. And when you have a lead, you have to find a way to milk the clock. And sometimes Denver got into the habit where they were trailing by 10 points going to the third quarter, trailing by 14 or more points, sometimes going to the fourth quarter. Obviously, you can't run the ball in those situations. So some of these stats could appear inflated at times, but this is simply not going to cut it for the Broncos in 2021. Regardless of who the quarterback is, the Broncos need more production out of the rushing attack. And when we look at total rushing yards for the Broncos last season, Melvin Gordon had 986. Philip Lindsay had 502. You factor in that both those players missed some games, so it could have been better. Royce Freeman was the third leading rusher with 170 yards. Now, I want to point out at one point of the season, this was about probably 10 weeks, 11 weeks into the NFL season, Drew Locke was the third leading rusher on the team in terms of statistical production behind Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Not that good, right? I don't necessarily know if you want Drew Locke to be running the ball, but I feel like bringing in a player like Javante Williams and even Mike Boone this offseason will give the Broncos an advantage to find different ways to utilize a running back by committee approach. It wouldn't hurt Denver. I really believe that they would have success if they had a by committee approach 
Melvin Gordon had some fumbling issues at the early part, mid part of the season last year for Denver. That created a lot of frustration by fans towards him. Javante Williams, in my opinion, could be a game changer when it comes to breaking that initial contact. And if the Broncos need one yard, he's going to be the guy that's going to fight to get it. He's got this C.J. Anderson type chip on his shoulder from when I watch him. And obviously, C.J. Anderson was one of those stories that went undrafted. But for Javante Williams, his talent, the way that he plays, he is a bowling ball. And that's what Denver didn't have last year. Denver didn't have that one guy that was going to lower a shoulder into somebody, keep his feet churning, and get extra yards. Now, Royce Freeman at times had several big gains throughout the season, but that was towards the end of the year. And that's when Phillip Lindsay was out due to an injury. Melvin Gordon has that athleticism, that agility to be able to break free and get a big gain, 40-yard carry. I mean, we saw him have 40-yard carries several times, a couple of big-time plays as well, but not consistent enough. So if Denver can run the ball more effectively, I tell you what, the Broncos' offense next year will be better. I think they will score more points. They have to find a way, especially when the field condenses. You get in the red zone, you have to punch it in. When Denver's converting only 53% of the red zone attempts, which was good for 27th in the NFL, and they were only 26th in the NFL on 3rd down conversion percentage at 36.6%. That is not going to do it. You cannot do that. The Broncos also had nine fumbles lost in the year when you factor in Melvin Gordon, you factor in strip sack fumbles by quarterbacks, and even a couple of wide receivers fumbling the ball away. That is an issue for the Broncos in the long haul, and I think having an established run game and a ball-controlled defense that has the talent to take the football away on paper when we project it, that will make the Broncos better now if a certain quarterback suddenly ends up in Denver. I mean, I don't think you're going to have those issues. You're not going to have the tendencies where you run the ball on second and 10 and everyone knows it's going to be an inside dive or inside inside zone. You're not going to have that play because Aaron Rodgers would check it at the line of scrimmage, but that's just a major hypothetical that people are playing out in Madden right now, but obviously if his addition were to ever come to fruition, it would be something that makes sense. But Javante Williams, Mike Boone, Melvin Gordon, and more than likely Royce Freeman could be a package guy at some point to a team that maybe needs a running back if Denver wants to get some more capital or if they release him after training camp. He's going to find a place to land on his own, but Denver has to find a way to embrace the young offense with the guys that they have, and they're going to see if Javante Williams can maybe be the torch carrier for the Broncos after this season, maybe be the main guy, and then Mike Boone be that second guy and that second option. Broncos country, I'm eager to hear your thoughts on the Broncos running back position, and if you believe that the offense needs to run the ball more effectively for them to have more success in 2021, I'd be eager to hear if you have the same point or if you have a counter argument that you'd like to throw my way. Tweet me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Lockdown Broncos and make sure you hit that follow subscribe button if you haven't done so already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. But with that said, Broncos country tomorrow, we're going to check in on the Broncos undrafted rookie free agents, any Broncos news and notes that comes up. And also we talk with the Locked On Big Ten podcast to talk about Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, and Jamar Johnson, all three players which the Broncos drafted that played in the Big Ten last season. We're going to get insight from Ben Stevens on those players. But until that time comes, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.